and welcome to the CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Nails here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Edmond. I'm joined, as I am every week, by Mr. Shane Reeves. One week into my New Year's resolution, I'm seeing a lot of positive results, but there's a lot of... It's being tested to its limits. This is going to be a year of growth for Shane. Well... Can I just say this to the to the public at large? Before we even light our cigars, i got to get this off our chest. Off our chest? Is this oh, a, something this, I have as the, well? This is a, this, if it doesn't bother you, it should. Okay. When you go to the drive through line at Chick-fil-A, you are signing a social contract that you're going to do two things. Know what you want and order it off the menu. If you must have a special right-side chicken breast from a chicken that was killed while facing east and happened to be a Buddhist, go inside. So here's the deal. This is the two things that you must do if you're going to utilize the drive-thru. Order off the menu and know before you ever... Know when you're... When you are within five miles of Chick-fil-A, you should know what you're going to order. Well, so this is one of those things that's kind of unique about me. I don't get to a restaurant and then choose what I'm going to have. Right. I've been living in Nashville long enough that I know who makes the best X in town. So if I'm in the mood for a cheesesteak sandwich, I know I'm going to Sam's. I don't get to Sam's and then decide that I'm going to have a cheesesteak sandwich, or French dip, rather. I I go there knowing that I choose the restaurant based on the meal I want to have, not the other way around. Which is the way life should work. So if I'm going to Chick-fil-A... The moment I decided to go to Chick-fil-A, I decided what I was going to eat. Right. I had my meal. And, and everybody has online ordering. You know, I've insisted yeah. that if my wife wants something special, she has to punch it in her phone and order it and we'll go in and pick it up. But I will not wait for it. So just just remember these principles. Again, and it'll make I, my New Year's resolution easier. Well, see, I feel like, speaking of specifically the Chick-fil-A drive through you missed the big one. Which is when the teenager with the pimply face making ten dollars no making eight dollars an hour tells you to follow the gray sedan because the two lanes are merging. Follow the flipping gray sedan. You're not going to do anyone anybody any favors from cutting ahead in line when the two lanes are trying to zipper. Just follow the instructions. Life life is so much easier if you follow the instructions. True. <laughs> no, but anyway, okay, sorry. I know that. I've, hey, what happened to that? Right, what was the last thing I said before we got We're on the show? We're going to start the show positive. We're going to start the show positive. But I, I've really done good. Really not embracing letting a lot of stuff slide, 90% of it to do with dealing with millennials. Um, letting it slide today, I seen somebody with an El Camino with a camper top on the back. <laughs> and I didn't walk up, grab them by the shirt, smack them repeatedly, screaming, why didn't you buy a station wagon? Right. <laughs> so Because that would be far too practical. I think that's a huge step in my life. Yeah. So speaking of, so I'm celebrating tonight. I um, noticed that. <laughs> actually, now this was a gift from my loving wife, mm. and I'll, she knows she knows what I like. She gave me a Padron tri- pyramid, triangular pyramid cigars, the Padron 1964 pyramid, and great cigar, amazing, probably the the most cost-effective of the high-end Padron line. Absolutely. No, that is... I, I remember we did a Padron poker game here about three years ago, uh, right before Austin bought the shop. Right. And and basically everybody put one of those in the pot. 
A, because it was the only thing left on the shelf in there, and B, because it is the most economical anniversary series they make. Right. You know, you can run and one of these about 20 bucks. For that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and if you look, you know, on um, Famous Smokes, a whole box of these, a box of 25 is three ninety-seven fifty. That's not bad. So that's like $16, $17 a yeah. stick. And also, and it's for the premium cigar, but my wife gave this to me, and I thought, well, I will smoke it on the show tonight because that's just how much I love her. So what are you smoking? I'm actually smoking a cigar that you really love, but I haven't had one yet. Uh, this is the Guardian of the Farm Nicar- uh, Night Watch. I have not had a Night Watch yet after all the praise that you have given this cigar um, because I didn't realize he had them in the humidor here. And so when I walked in today kind of looking for what I was going to smoke on the show, I saw it. And, you know, trying to branch out and smoke a little bit more of new cigars on the show and stuff that I might otherwise walk by, I was like, oh, well, that's perfect because I already know it's it's kind of a known quantity. Uh, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, well, but... Sorry, I, I spent all that time while you were looking up your cigar, pulling or talking about it, so I could pull this up, and I didn't use anything. Um, this is a six by fifty-two. Campion is the one that I am smoking. Basically, it's an all Nicaraguan cigar. Uh, it's a darker um, Maduro wrapper than the regular Guardian of the Farm. Yeah, this is this is the the more full-bodied version. To me, this is the superior version. I like this better than I like the original Guardian. Not that the original Guardian's not amazing, but I do like the Night Watch a little bit better. I feel like that's kind of the blend it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. I can taste the pepper on my lips just from the cold draw, too. I had my end of my Padron too close to my mouth, and I started sucking in smoke as I was praising your cigar. Yeah. And all, but the, that to me is a great cigar, you know. And I do get the exemption. I was supposed to smoke something that I normally would walk past, but when your wife gives you a cigar, you have to smoke it. Ain't mm-hmm. that the? Ain't that not just good cigar etiquette, but good mm-hmm. rules for life? Whatever your wife gives you, go ahead. And all, I mean, have you? You've well, you've been married a couple of times. Have you had the experience yet, where you're at the family event and you're going through the line? And you get to your wife's dish, and not a single drop has been taken out of it, and you almost feel obligated to try to dump like half of it in the bowl well, to your plate or to somebody next to his plate. Well, see, we're not traditional Baptists, so we don't spend a whole lot of time at a potluck, so that doesn't really have an opportunity to, because because typically that's where that happens: the <laughs> so family you, reunion and the and the fellowship dinner after church. Like those are the two opportunities. So you've never utilized deviled eggs for load-bearing devices. What? <laughs> when you're piling the plate up, the deviled egg is the perfect girder. You can take a girder. Because of that U shape gives yeah. you the extra tensile strength. You, you can take a deviled or egg. compression strength. You take a deviled egg, two chicken legs, and put a thigh on top, and it'll never move a muscle. <laughs> so you've, you've never experienced it. Then you've got to eat the deviled eggs. I love deviled eggs. I'm not surprised. I don't eat eggs. You're not I don't eat eggs. I know. It, it would be too simple to eat nature's perfect protein. You have to, Life has to be difficult for you. <laughs> hey, I want to like eggs. We've talked about, I don't know if we've talked about it on the show now. I want to like eggs. As somebody who exercises as much as I do, having that perfect breakfast food would be a, a huge boost to my day. So I've tried. I've tried cooking them every way you can think of, and I just, I can't get over the texture and the smell. I, I can't, li- I want to like them. Well, anyway, going, so let's talk about something that's from the DutchNews.nl. So we've talked on the show 
many times about how wonderful the cigar industry as a whole is when it comes to philanthropy and giving back. And, you know, how, like, you know, these companies move into Esteli and they build schools and they build roadways and they do all these things to give back to their employees because it's really... Even the companies that aren't family-owned and operated, they still recognize that it's a true family and community business. So that's why I was really excited to see this from Royal Agio. You know, they're about to be bought by Swedish Tobacco. They gave its workforce a 10 million euro bonus uh, ahead of the merger. So this is great because what it is, so what these buyouts are, you know, you have to go back to really understand this. You kind of have to go back to when Drew Estate sold to Swisher Sweet. And all of the social media went nuts about how they were selling out and they were ruining Drew Estates. And one guy made the most saline comment. He said, this is two really nice guys, Jonathan Drew and whoever else, getting paid. Mm-hmm. And don't judge what's going to happen until that, but let them enjoy getting paid. Right. And on the... And, Drew Estate's done outstanding with Swisher Sweets. If anything, it's enhanced the product as right. opposed to do, you know taking except, away from it. Except for the Liga. But, so, Royal Agio gets paid. That's what this sell, this merger, this sellout is. They're getting paid. Yeah. And instead of pocketing it and going and buying an island, they say, hey, we want this to be a long-term cigar company. Let's give everybody part of this money. Yeah, and so they employ about 3,200 workers at various levels. So this 10 million, do- 10 million euro, which becomes pretty close to about 13 million Is that dollars? euro or Deutschmarks? The I mean, Deutschmarks Dutch. don't exist anymore. Oh, well, then it's euro. Everything's euro, yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, that 10 million euros or 13-ish million dollars, it was spread between... 3,200 workers, obviously, I'm sure it's going to be a sliding scale based on your position, but that's going to go a long way. You well, know, they employ people from the Netherlands, Sri Lanka, and the Dominican Republic, so quality of life is going to really improve for some of these people. Yeah, they said that if it was split equally between it, everyone would get a bonus of about 3,120 euro. Yeah. And all, which is, I mean, that's huge. That's that's life-changing for some people. Some people that need a car, some people that need a house. Some people, you know, if you're yeah. in the Dominican Republic, I got to think 3,100 euro would buy you a house. It, well, I, I don't know what the exchange rate into Dominican is, but I, I'd, I'd venture to say you're probably pretty close. Let me put it this way. If, if somebody had, had offered to sell me their house while I was in the Dominican Republic for 3,100 euros, I would have thought I was being robbed. Yeah. Because they're Fair not enough. big houses there. No, no. Nor are they well built. But that's a story for another day. Um, but no, I just think this is so great to see a company of this size taking that same approach that we see all throughout the industry of giving back to the people who make your product. Well, and this also, you know, the company, this speaks well to the company, this speaks well to people. This also makes sense from a business standpoint. You know, I'm, I'm the herald of business is business and personal is personal, but this makes sense from a business standpoint because think about when this shop was sold the 447th time. How many people just quit with the new ownership? Right. You know, you were amongst them. You know, just quit with the with the new ownership. I said, no, I'm not going to work there anymore. As I part had of the- already handed in my notice when that happened. Thank you very much. But, but you understand that I'm but, saying. Yes, all but one person 
left who was currently employed. That is correct. And and you typically see that, especially because a lot of times when you have these mergers and acquisitions of of bigger companies like this, people get concerned for their well-being and their jobs and whether or not they're going to be saved or if they're going to be let go and that sort of thing. So a lot of people jump ship to avoid the uncertainty. So this goes a long way of saying, no, like we're handing this off, but, but we still care about you. Yeah, I'm I'm on board with this. I think it's a great deal. I'm really happy. So let's talk about something a little bit closer to home. Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania. The Almanac, South Hills Community News. With a cigar lounge, Bethel Park Barbershop recreates old-time atmosphere. I love everything about this idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the article. I love that the barber looks like a barber. Right. Now, and now, and I was like, a little bit of a five o'clock shadow, though. I'm not, not on board with that. Well, but you <laughs> notice he doesn't have a beard that he set and sculpted for 30 minutes in right. front of the mirror this morning. He doesn't have a, a high pro, a high maintenance barber look. He looks True. like a classic barber. True. Although I, I do, I do want to say, this article made me want to go out and get my barber license. Like, just to be able, like, to own this shop or to be a part of this shop sounds amazing. It's been in his family since his great-grandfather started it back about a century ago, I think it said. Um, Three-quarters of a century ago. And he just wanted to recreate this barbershop into what the barbershops of yesteryear, the community meeting place for the men in the village, that sort of thing. Well, and used to, you know, you could get a beer at the barbershop. You go in the barbershop, you could have a beer while you were waiting on your turn up there with the master barber. You still can around here. A lot of the hipster barbershops do that. Yeah, the, you're not dealing with a master barber. You're dealing with somebody that's vaping on the side. Um, but, I, you know, the thing, it's being lost in our society, the master barber treatment. True. And I really hate that it's being lost because so many people now, and I'm and I'm one of them. I have to go for convenience over, to, you know, because it's a half a day by the time I go to my barber and you know in Columbia and get on his schedule, and he's usually a little behind. And yeah, and you know. and I'll I'll be the first to tell you, you know, that convenience thing for most. I do think this is mostly a male female thing, but for for most men. It's a, a haircut is a convenience. It's so that they don't follow you around when you're walking around the store and right. thinking you're homeless and going to rob the place. That's why we get haircuts. Right. But, you know, the, the barbershop used to be a communal meeting. Like, if, if you ever watched the Andy Griffith show, you know, all the men just kind of hung out in the barbershop and occasionally someone would get a haircut. Um, so I do. I love this. I love the idea of going back to the, to the classics. And, you know, I've also... I've, I, even though I've never had one, I love the idea of the barbershop shave. Oh, I've had them. I've had dozens. Yeah. Because so used to, my office was right next to a master barber, and he and I just worked out a deal where every two weeks I was in his chair. Mm-hmm. You know, one, two weeks, I'd get a haircut, wait two weeks, I'd come in, he'd give me a shave and, you know, tighten everything up and trim everything up. My hair looked wonderful for about two years. Yeah. And all. It was absolutely the best time of my hair in my life. And the old straight razor shave, and so he, and I, you know, you remember smells so specifically. So he would hit me with the hot towels and, you know, just leave the little snorkel hole where you could breathe. Right. And then he'd go outside and smoke a cigarette because the amount of time it took to smoke a cigarette was the amount of time it took for that towel to soften and moisten. He'd come in, he'd pinch my cheek and be sure everything was just right. I felt like a Thanksgiving turkey by the end of it, but... (laughs) 
when he got it right and he whipped out that straight razor and hit it on the stripe a few times and you could smell that little bit of nicotine in his fingertips as yeah. he was swinging it across there. It's an amazing experience. Everybody should do it at least once. Well, and then the last thing I want to point out in this article was a, a quote from him. And I think all of you cigar shop owners out there listening, which both of you, we carry the cigars that our members want and everything revolves around them. That is, you know, I realize it can't all, that can't be 100%, but that needs to be 95%. That's the way, you know, it is a members only. The cigar portion of his lounge is members only. It's not open to the public. But I, I really feel like he's taking the right approach of this of this is for you guys. You know, yes, he's making some money off of it, but he's doing it completely for his members. And I think that's I think that's awesome. Well, and so often what happens in a cigar shop is they they buy the cigars that they can get the best bargain at the show on. Right. You know, we had a whole slew of cigars come in here, and I asked the owner, I said, why did you get these? Nobody's going to smoke these. They were a great bargain at the show. Right. They give the best deals of anybody. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah but if they're sitting on the shelf just taking up space, you, your deal wasn't worth that much. And all. But moving forward, staying positive, let's talk about a cigar that I'm half excited, half frustrated with. So, yeah, there are two new releases that were announced this week, one of which I'm very excited about. The other, eh, we'll see. Um, let's start on a high note. Romeo and Juliet. The uh, So the Romeo and Juliet Reserva Real has been around for ages. That is a cigar that has been out for pretty much as long as I've been smoking cigars. So 15 years, going on 16 this year. They've, they're teaming up once again with their old pal, A.J. Fernandez, which is a pretty good way to guarantee that I'm going to smoke the crap out of this cigar. Um it's called the Reserva Real Nicaragua, and it's supposed to be uh, entirely rolled with tobaccos grown from Fernandez's farms in Nicaragua. It looks beautiful based on the promo shots. It's beautiful blue and gold band, mm-hmm. always a classic color scheme. No the, orange. Yeah, no orange, surprisingly enough, and it is from Nicaragua. Um, they are putting it out, and, this, and here's what I love. They didn't didn't get cute with the names. We got a Toro. We got a Robusto. We got a Magnum. We got a Churchill. Boom, 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 boom. And I will say also, Toro's $9.03. The Robusto's eight seventy seven. The 6x60 is still less than $10. It, very reasonably priced. Yeah, this is a cigar, you know, so um, Fernandez collaborated on the Monte Cristo Nicaragua, a cigar we both loved. Mm-hmm. The Trinidad. Have you smoked the Trinidad yet? Oh, yeah. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I don't know I loved it, but I liked it a lot. And, of course, the H. Upman 175, which is just a great cigar. It really is. And also continuing on that. Now, it does seem like every other week that we're getting a different Altadis cigar coming out, and they're just slapping Nicaraguan on the end of it. Right. But as long as they hold the quality up as they have, I can't complain. Well, and that's the thing, you know... Nicaragua was the buzzword about three years ago. I think it was right around the time we started recording this show, which we started noticing that everybody was coming out with a Nicaraguan this, a Nicaraguan that, and that's where we started noticing all the orange labels and all that sort of thing. And I really thought it had died out. And, you know, because San Andreas came back in a big way in 2018. I'm really glad to see this partnership between Altitus and AJ Fernandez because they haven't missed yet. So I'm really looking, and I know exactly where I'm going to go to buy mine. Oh, yeah. 
and yeah, Hutch I'm, set some aside. Exactly. So I'm <laughs> I'm really really looking forward to this cigar. Yeah. Hey, Hutch, private message. Hutch, shoot me a message when these come in the shop. And I'll that goes run, double run, for me. Yeah, I'll run up there and get one. There we go. <laughs> uh, the other new release that was announced today uh, was from Alec Bradley. And this is not really a new release. They're just expanding the distribution of the Blind Faith. Right, which was originally a TPE exclusive, uh, which t- the Tobacco Plus Expo in Las Vegas is not something that I'm really that familiar with. I've, I've heard it a little bit, but... It's not something that I'm, I'm super familiar with. But ap- apparently, um, this has been a very small release up until this point, and they're going to be start marketing it you know, nationwide. So this is going to have a wrapper from Alec Bradley's proprietary farm in Trojes, Honduras. And three different bind- or fillers from Esteli are held together by a double binder from Honduras and Nicaragua. There's a lot going on there. Um. So this is going to be flavor first and strength levels later, which I think is nope, something... you got that backwards. No. Tradi- oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. So It's taking on a bolder tobacco. So, see, I may not like this one. I thought it was going to be... I would rather have flavor than strength every I, time. I would, too. But for two people who aren't typically Alec Bradley fans, this may be the recipe for something that we're both going to enjoy. I will say something that I do enjoy about this. Again... Toro, Robusto, Gordo, they didn't get fancy. You know, all under $10. Well, no, the Gordo, the 6 by 60s MSRP is about 11 just shy right. of 11 But the Robusto's in at under 9 Yeah, So for, for an Alec Bradley, that's really reasonably priced. And I think we're seeing a little bit of that in the global cigar market. They are trying to hold the prices down as much as they can. Um, and I wonder some if that's in preparation for if the FDA stuff does go through or anything like that. I have to imagine the, that it probably does. I got, I got to think, because pretty much everything we see new coming out, they're kind of trying to hold that price in. They're trying to stay under that $12 range. Right. And all, which is a good move. And all that. For the average cigar smoker, you know, we're due a market adjustment in this country. You know, the market's just been running so high, we're due for a little adjustment. So smart companies are kind of bringing that into their game plan. Right. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in the second half of the show with the State of Cigars Address. I'm, I'm very excited about that. We've been ironing that segment out, and I'm very excited about that part. Yeah, so we've got, we're going to step away for a break, but we're going to come back, like Shane said, with the State of the Union, so to speak. Uh, and a, a little bit of legislative news and some other things, and we'll be right back after this. Shane here with this week's Cigar Under 8. This week we want to talk about the jewel of the My Father portfolio, the My Father La Bijou. I like the little flourish you put on that. Thank you. But it really is. I mean, the Le Bijou is one of, uh, until the Promesa, I think probably the best cigar in their lineup. They made a, it's a great cigar, and the good thing about it is it's a great off track, beaten track cigar because it's an Ecuadorian grown Habano Oscuro wrapper. So it's not just a Nicaraguan or a Dominican. Now it has Nicaraguan binders and fillers, long leaf tobacco, it's full bodied. This is a cigar smoker cigar, like mm-hmm. most my father's stuff is. But just an outstanding cigar. I love to smoke this cigar. It's just um, very relaxing. It's a good second cigar. If you had kind of a lighter cigar at the beginning of the night and you want to finish off with something that'll give you just a little bit of goose at the end of the night, the La Bijou.
and welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is Shane sitting across from the Man Cub with the secret to Man's Red Fire, Trey Dedman. <laughs> I actually like that one. You didn't think he was going to get a Jungle Book reference today, did you? <laughs> I did not. That's and uh, this uh, just a little before we get back into cigars. I do have to say, about once a once a month, once every couple of months. I get the urge to do my entire treadmill routine watching Disney music videos on my phone. <laughs> and it's just a blast. Anybody that has a vision of what Shane is like as being this <laughs> super serious adult, uh, let me just tell you, he showed up with show prep for the show tonight. And I don't know if we'll get to the article, but he's pulling stuff off Disney Plus. He's making Jungle Book references. I'm surprised yeah. I didn't find a whoopee cushion on my seat. <laughs> well, this was—it was just this was the morning, you know, where you kind of go through and you listen to the Hercules song and you listen to the Jungle Book song and you listen, you know, it just was one of those mornings that it was to to be on the treadmill listening to Disney tunes was as good as it got. To live in your head, I swear. Oh, it, it would scare you to death. I have no doubt. And also, and and really, I'm trying to decide. What it would take to get a Polynesian war dance before we light our cigars. A haka? Yeah, a complete haka. I wonder how how long... Now, I'm a pretty charismatic leader of sorts. How long do you think it would take for me to get five guys in this cigar shop to in, wait on me on a Friday night to do a full haka before we light our cigars? In this cigar shop, it, it'd be a while. I don't... I bet you I could do it under a month. Okay. I, I, I would give... I thought you were thinking, like, a matter of hours. No, uh, about no, a month. I about, bet you could... About a month. I mean, I don't have to wear the grass skirt two or three times. And all then somebody... You know, first people would be a little reluctant, and then they would come on board. Yeah. I can think of three people you'd get pretty easily. Right. It's the last two that would be a little tough. I bet I could get one that would surprise you. I bet... <laughs> But speaking of a If I walk in here and Gerald's got a grass shirt skirt on, I swear to God. <laughs> oh, he would he would be easy. He's he's moldable. <laughs> I, I could mold Gerald into this. But speaking of cigars worthy of a haka, and all, if ever there was one, it is the Padron 1964. If somebody said, Shane, you could smoke your usual cigar tonight, or one more dance later, I will put a Padron Pyramid in your hand. I would be on the bar. I would juggle firing torches to smoke this cigar. You can borrow mine. Okay. Well, I still say that's one of the things we got to do is get you to like juggle and do a video of you light, of lighting a cigar off that. We, we do. We need to make that happen this year. So tell me about the Night Watch. I'm I'm really enjoying this. This is quite a bit bolder than the original Guardian of Farm, which I loved. I don't think we were rating cigars at that time, but I, my memory of the Guardian of the Farm was about a six and a quarter, six. Yeah. This is this is a really good cigar. I'm in. I don't know that it would be much higher rated than that. I mean, but I've still got a long way to go. It's smoking very slow, but even and putting off a lot of smoke. It's not smoking slow in a bad way. I'm just enjoying every single draw of this cigar. Just a, a wonderful cigar. I mean, just the Guardian of the Farm does such a great, great job. The, the thing I'm loving about it is the fact that, like I said at the top of the show, as soon as I put my mouth on it, I got some of that Nicaraguan spice and pepper flavor on my lips before I even lit it up. And I got some of that right off the top, but as I'm smoking, it's, it's changing a little bit. I'm getting more leather now. It's just really interesting to see how this is going to progress as I get closer to the halfway mark. Oh, yeah, just and it, keep, it keeps giving flavor. You know, that's one of the few cigars that the Campion, which is a smaller than a 6x60, takes me longer than a 6x60 to smoke. Yeah. 
and all because it's just it's it's the work of a master. Right. So, my fellow cigar smokers, it is time for the state of cigars address. And all, Mr. Deadman, Could please you lead say us that off. One different way. You've said that a different way every single time you've said it. So basically, uh, you know, around mid-January every year, the president gives a State of the Union address, and, and we've been doing this show for almost three years now, and we thought maybe it be, might, might be nice to kind of jump in and spend a few minutes this episode at the beginning of the year just kind of letting you guys know what our plans are for the show and what our predictions are for the industry are and just kind of give you an idea of where the cigar cast is right now. And, you know, I get a lot of questions off there from people about the cigar cast. A lot of a lot of people, how's the podcast going? And, how, and of course, inevitably, the one thing everybody says, well, how many listeners do you have? Do you know exactly how many? I ain't worried about that. Right. And uh, I purposefully don't look that information right. up. I won't. As, as long as I'm getting good feedback from listeners, as long as listeners are messaging us or sending us messages or talking to us or telling us that they're enjoying the show, that is enough for me. And me as well. I don't need, you know, one day I may pull it up and it say, you know, 300,000 listeners, and that would be tickle me to death. Right. But it doesn't mean that if it's less than that, I'm going to be disappointed. Exactly. And uh, we, we, when we started the Cigar Cast, so this started with two guys that enjoyed smoking cigars and talking. Really what it come down to is you and I really, we both enjoyed it. We both wanted to do a podcast. I had done some radio. You had done a lot of film school stuff. And we wanted to, we needed this creative outlet that became the cigar cast. Exactly. And so we will just take a minute tonight and kind of talk about where we're going to take this podcast. What's our next steps? What's the next move in the podcast? And also solicit some help from our listeners as to be sure we're t- steering it in the right direction. Exactly. As, as we captain this ship. So, Skipper, carry on. Um, so. First and foremost, one of the things that we really set out to do this year, and it took us a little while to get kind of going, was to kind of update the content we're bringing you. Uh, we updated the website a little bit this year, and we've also started trying to really increase our presence on social media, and that's something that we have in mind to continue doing as it goes through 2020. One of our favorite, or I think I speak for both of us when I say our favorite part of doing the podcast is hearing from you, the listener, whether that's from interacting on social media, finding us in the cigar shop, email, whatever it is. So one of the things that we're going to continue to do is post a lot of content to social media. What we're going to ask from you on that is to help us. We spend a lot of time coming up with content for the show and kind of staying on top of what's going on, but we can't find everything. If you come across anything cigar related that you think is interesting, or if you're posting, you know, your your photos to Instagram or, or whatever for what you're smoking, tag us in it. Share it with us. Let us know, you know, maybe you're finding stories that are important to you that we're glossing over. We love to... to We'd, we'd love to be able to help spread that information. Shane is gnawing on the end of that cigar. It looked like a dog with a bone. What are you I, doing I, over I there? I had a stem jabbing me in the lip. Carry on. Um, the other thing, and we talked about this a little bit on last week's episode, is to share our page with some friends. You know, get out there and kind of help us spread the word. One of the things that really stuck in my mind at the end of last year 
was when Charlie Menudo from Half Wheel said that he wasn't going to report on the Avo Davidoff uh, Avo unexpected thing because it wasn't mainstream news. But the fact is, he's responsible for what becomes mainstream cigar news. The way we, if there's something going on in the industry that's not getting the the full attention, the way we change that as fans of the industry is to make sure that we're spreading that information. So if there's anything going on that you think is newsworthy, we'd love for you to clue us in on it. Well, and so this, the essence of the cigar is a social, ex, social experience. You know, um, a perfect example. Last week, one of our friends, he texted in the middle of a Friday, hey, having a hard time, would like to see my friends. He texted at 11, and by noon, five people were here in the middle of the day to sit and gather around him and talk and see what's going on in his life and follow through with that. That, to me, is the joy of cigars. Right. Is knowing that we're all going, you know, I had some stuff I could have done, but I knocked off early and came on up, and some other friends were already here, and we were able to actually sit and really make him feel a lot better, make him feel loved and cared for as part of that. And that's kind of the point is we want our social media to be an outlet where that social group can come together. And really kind of feel that aspect. You know, you find community in the strangest places. A lot of people find community with their church, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. A lot of people find community, um, you know, through a shared hobby or through a shared, through work or anything like that. But cigars makes it so easy to find a really good community. And that's really, to me, that's when social media, social media is at its worst when you're just complaining about stuff at random because nobody will show up to punch you in the nose for it. And it's at its best when it's a community that can come together and talk about really important issues. Right. I was at, you know, the thing that's been on the top of people's mind lately has been the fact that we're about to go into World War III. However accurate that is or not is not what I came to debate. But I was, I was sitting at a cigar shop last night and having just a great conversation with a couple of guys that one of whom I'd never met before and just able to come together over kind of not even common ideology, but just a common topic and have a great discussion where nobody got upset and nobody, it didn't become that echo chamber. And, and I think you get that with cigars in a way that you don't get anywhere else. And, I, and, and so I think part of what we want to accomplish here with the Cigar Cast is to create that same sort of community that you get in your local shop. Now, of course, there is the business side of it. You know, this year we are going to try to find some sponsorship. Mm -hmm. um, put the call out if anybody knows someone that would like to have a sponsorship on this podcast that we would benefit their product. I'd love to have a really cool bespoke product. Right. You know, something really cool. Don't necessarily have to be cigar related, but it would help. Right. <laughs> and it needs to be something that we would endorse. Yeah. So part of our commitment to you, the listener, when it comes to this and, and why we want you to know that we're seeking sponsorship is... A, because, like, like Shane just said, you know, we won't ever endorse a product that we wouldn't spend our own money on. You right. know, we, we t joked about it a few weeks ago. You know, Gurkha could cut us a check, but we wouldn't cash it. So when sponsorship does come into the fray, know that, that we do so with a high ethical value of making sure that we're not supporting anything that we wouldn't ourselves support. The other thing is just to let you know when you start hearing these ads, whether it's at the beginning of the show, during the break, or, or you know, during our content, our goal is to make this as unintrusive as possible for you, the listener. We don't have any intentions of sacrificing quality just for uh, the sake of sponsorship. 
Well, and it's, you know, it's a natural extension of what goes on around here. Because how many times have we been sitting having a cigar after the show and somebody walked up and said, hey, Shane or Trey, take, take me in the humidor. Show me something good to smoke tonight. I want to try something different. I want something to smoke. And I don't get paid nothing by Don Lito for, the, to, for putting them on in Africa, but I enjoy sharing that product with people because I know it's right. a great product. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that's just the natural extension of how this works. That's how good products are marketed, is, is just a ground roots movement, and podcasts are a part of that. That's part of our modern society. The other thing is that we got more feedback this year on one topic than any other, which is the road shows. You know, we spent some time in, you know, we had a lot of great guests this past year, and we visited some really awesome shops, and we got some great feedback for that. We want to keep that going. So hopefully you listening are one of the people that enjoyed that quite a lot. Uh, we plan to bring you more of that content. We've already been in talks with some people to go check out some other shops. If you happen to have a local shop that you just love and think would enjoy hosting us for you know a 45-minute conversation or 30-minute or whatever it may be, um, we'd love you to help connect us because we are, you know, we're based here in Nashville, but, you know, our our cars are reliable enough that we've got a pretty decent radius um, to, to get. We want to, we love the opportunity to spend time with you, the listener, and, and, and getting to know new people. Um, so be on the lookout for uh, a lot more road shows, live shows uh, coming up this year. Something else that I didn't tell Shane about is that we are also this year going to start hosting the show on Spotify. Excellent. I've been talking to a lot of podcast uh, friends of mine that do their own shows, and uh, I've been getting a lot of positive feedback about how um, how easy their platform is to use and how widely it's used already. And so Spotify is one of the areas in which um, we're hoping to branch out a little bit. So if you use Spotify, know that you may be able to find us in line with your other playlists here coming up in the next couple of weeks. And send us some suggestions. You know, if you want to see some video content, let us know. I would, I would, I have no problem. You know, we do humidor walks when we go. I have no trouble doing a humidor walk and talking about what's in there. We do different videos. You know, but there's so many videos out there. It don't make sense to do a how to light a cigar video on YouTube, right? And all because somebody's going to clicks that, and there's five million of them. And all, but it does make sense to talk about how to select your cigar or what is interesting you. I want to know what's interesting our listeners. Absolutely. And all, so now let's talk about the industry. All right. So one of the things that kind of came out of the Stogie Awards this year was an idea that I had for us to make some early year predictions. And we'll revisit this at the end of the year and kind of figure out how close we were and who was closest, that sort of thing. Um, so a couple of predictions for 2020. Shane, who do you think, like, what industry moves do you think are going to be the most impactful? In 2020, we will get the premium cigar exemption. I'm stepping out. I'm taking the big leap. I'm stepping out right on it. I think it's just around the corner. I think it's closer than everybody thinks. I believe... Is that just will... hopeful optimism? No, I believe, I believe the market, you know, we have a story about that that we'll probably cover in a little bit. But I really believe... When something is just a good idea and just makes sense, it's, it's like the Twelve Commandments being at the courthouse. Whether you're religious or not, the Twelve Commandments are a great idea to follow your life by. So, What gra- are the extra two? 
Oh, at 10. <laughs> uh, so there's, I'm sure there's something in there about order, knowing your fast food don't, order before you get in the drive-thru. And don't be an asshole. Yeah, don't, that... don't park like an asshole. But anyway, <laughs> I would like that. I would I'd like to, I will lobby to get that added, uh, something about parking like a jerk. Moses, come here. <laughs> yeah, come here, Moses. I mean, give, me, give me a hammer and chisel. We're going we're gonna to put something about parking in this. footnote on the tablet. <laughs> okay, the Ten Commandments. I can't believe I said 12. But the Ten Commandments. If <laughs> Twice my pa- as well. If my pastor is listening to this show, he's so killing me. Yeah, if, if it feels like he's talking to you next Sunday, it's because he is. It's because he is. But, um, you know, the premium cigar exemption is a good ideal. Nobody can argue that children are smoking cigars. Nobody. No, it just it's, doesn't happen. It's a gentleman's hobby. It's a gentleman's pursuit. It is so much more than just a cigar. I, I'm going out on the limb. I'm saying that we will receive the premium cigar exemption in the year 2020. Okay. I, I think that's very optimistic. For me, I think the thing that's going to be the really impactful this year are the collaborations and the mergers. You know, we're seeing this with Royal Agio and Scandinavian Tobacco Group right now. I have a feeling that we're going to see, a, because I don't think that the exemption is going to come through this year. I think we're going to have a lot of big companies buying little companies this year. I think the I think the ownership of companies changing hands is going to be something that we report on quite a bit, and I think it's really going to shape the industry going forward. Well, the you know. 2018 was kind of the year of the collaboration. Um, 2019, we didn't have, we had a lot of collaborative cigars come out, but we did have a lot more mergers and acquisitions than actual collaborations. Right. And also, uh, our our predictions kind of fly in the face of each other there because if we if we get the premium cigar exemption, we don't need to have the mergers and acquisitions that we have. We may still get it, but mine is coming from a place of not expecting it. all right. So, what do you what are you predicting as far as cigar company on the move for this year? Scandinavian Tobacco is going to make some major moves. If you see what Scandinavian Tobacco Group has been doing with acquiring different different cigar outlets, with acquiring J um, not JR Cigars, um, they acquired uh, the big cigar retailer. Gen- oh, uh, yes. Yes. With them acquiring some big retailers and them acquiring some big cigar companies, I, I believe Scandinavian is really perched to make a big move in the cigar industry and start producing some some more budget-friendly sticks. Because the bigger the company, the lower the overhead that will be distributed amongst the lines. That's why you can always buy a Altadis product cheaper than you can buy a Romacraft product. It's economy of scale. And I think Scandinavian has really been, my prediction is they've really been positioning themselves in the market to make a major move to really start seeing a bigger presence in the humidors from their products. Well, it's funny you mention them because on, on a lower scale, that's kind of who I have on my list as well, is I really expect general. We saw, I guess about in 17 or 18, we really saw general cigar stepping out and doing some innovative things and putting out some new releases. You know, CAO released uh, the new successor to the Amazon Basin series. Dorianus. Yeah. Um, I really think we're going to see some more innovation out of them. But the way Altitus keeps partnering with AJ Fernandez, I, I really expect to see some good things out of them this year as well. 
also, Drew Estates has got to make a move. You know, they kind of were the sleeping giant in 2019. Drew Estate did not do a whole lot in 2019 that was really news and noteworthy. They just kept producing good cigars. But they didn't make any real major moves. You know, with the shade, they released the shade um, Suprema, but it was such a limited release and it was just a different size of the same blend. I look for Drew Estate too, now that they've kind of, they've been retrofitting their company from the ground up. You know, Dirty Fabian has left, the artist has left, a lot of the guys have left that were the old school Drew Estate. I see Drew Estate shaping up into something bigger. Yeah. I'd I'd be interested to, to see how that plays out. So, all right, so we've basically eaten up the entire second half of the show with that segment, which was not our intention. Um, real quick, do you want to hit on the big uh, piece of news that before we get out of here? Yeah, so CNBC reported this. This is a big CNBC article, which you don't get a lot of cigar news in CNBC. No, you don't. And all premium cigar makers could catch a break from the FDA as White House applies pressure. So this is, you know, the... This is potentially really good news. You know, forcing the FDA to make a decision quickly could end up pushing this in our favor. Um, But basically, they've got to make a decision by May. Well, and the FDA is trying every political trick in the book. Oh, we're going to make this a low priority. It'll be illegal, but we're not going to necessarily enforce it. Well, that's not good enough. Right. PCA can't be dumb enough to to let that go. And the, you know, cigar rights of America cannot be foolish enough to let that go they should you know the art the argument from this point forward should be hey if it's such a low priority why don't you make it a no priority and give us the premium cigar exemption right the thing that really scares me about this going back to the whole fda pulling political tricks the fda last week offered a small concession while it did not go so far as to give the industry what's what it wants which is the exemption it implied it may turn a blind eye to cracking down on premium cigar companies not in compliance that, to me, is just, it's such a fork-tongued argument, because if, if you're telling me that basically you're going you're gonna to put this sort of Damocles over the entire industry and say, yeah, it's in place, but we're just not going to enforce it. And what they don't say is, until the day we decide to enforce it. Until the day we decide that we're not making any money killing vape. Right. And we, you know, and we need this movement to move forward. And on that's, you know, Corolla says it all the time. That's the thing about a movement, that it never ends. Right. They're always moving. They never actually stop and look at, okay, we've, you know, we've got vape out of the hands of children. We've got cigarettes. You know, how many kids do you know that smoke cigarettes anymore? Right. Virtually none. Yeah, outside of, outside of hipsters, I really don't see a whole lot of smoking below the age of, like, 35. Yeah, it's just, uh, so... Keep the pressure on Cigar Rights of America. Keep the pressure on the FDA. Everybody out there, you know, when Cigar Rights of America says write your congressman, take a few minutes and write your congressman. Right. Because I know, I know there are some people out there who haven't done it yet. So just, yeah, take the opportunity and make your voice heard. Yeah, this, we live in America. That's part of living in America is you do have a responsibility. You can't expect them to know what you want if you don't tell them. Right. And also, well, as we wrap up the show... The Padron Pyramid's a seven all day long. Really? It's a seven all day long. It's perfect. It's the exact cigar I needed tonight. It's the cigar I wanted tonight. Um, I just, I can't say enough good about that rich Padron feel. 
I am now about halfway into this cigar. I'm the the leather is really coming alive. The the earthy sort of sort of soil flavors are really coming out. I'm yeah, I feel bad not having gotten further through the cigar before it came time to rate it, but I'm I'm going to put it at six and a half. This it's a is six a phenomenal a cigar. Yeah, it's a six and a half for me all day long. Yeah. And, uh, and so often it's that cigar I reach for, that last cigar of the evening when I'm really ready to relax and have that last cigar, I'll reach for that night watch. So just a great cigar. Well, Trey, how do they get a hold of us? You can get a hold of us on facebook.com slash the cigar cast. We're on Instagram and Twitter at the cigar cast. And of course, you can always get a hold of us old school via email info at the cigar cast.com. Well, thanks everybody for listening this week. Until next week, have a great cigar and thank well of us. Mm-hmm.